Are we live? Hey, welcome to A5. We're here with the one and only, the man with the plan, the one that had a vision years ago. Hey, I should do intros for a living. <laughs> We're here with Josh and myself, German. Welcome to A5. Yay. No? Another right. exciting segment. <laughs> man, I love my job. Like, who, who else can say, yeah, I just had to sit down with my boss and I got paid for it? That's mm. true. Yeah. I agree. I can. <laughs> Hey, Josh, so speaking about um, getting paid to do this stuff, when you had AFI Envision, like when you thought about this, because you started in the fragrance industry, as we've talked about before, you worked in production, you worked your way up. When did you decide, you know what, I'm going to start my own. I'm going to make a fragrance company. That's what I'm going to do. I think at the beginning, I mean, you kind of you see what's going on with the company that you're working for, and you go, okay. Uh, you kind of size yourself up against those people and you go, can I do what they're doing and can I do it a little bit better, right? So I think you come in as as uh, sweeping the floors and then you look at who your competition is, you know, what can I do to, to make more money, right? Number one objective. And then two, how can I actually learn and and take this to the next level? And once you've done that through departments, uh, through different managers, uh, then you start kind of getting to the operational vice president, president, you start thinking, wait a minute, I could probably do my own. If these guys can do it, why can't I? So when you was working at these places and you were seeing the people that were your coworkers at the time, did you have like a mindset like, he's the kind of person I would hire or she's the kind of person I would hire or I would want to be more like him? Like, what was the mind? Because like, the reason I'm asking is because I want to know how did you go about choosing the right people to trust your your vision, your, I mean, your life. I mean, this is like. I've, I've always had this mindset. Well, one, I was always broke at the beginning. So, like, I would look at the mechanic who you was working at my broke? car. And I'd be like, wait a minute. I'm going to pay this guy $500 to work on my car for, like, two hours. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm going, is he really worth $250 an hour? And I'm like, no, nah, I can figure this out. I got it. Right. So I always kind of had that mindset. So then when I started looking at other companies and like seeing how much some of these CEOs were making, I was like, what are they doing that I don't know or I can't do? And as you started peeling it back, I really started realizing I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. It's not that hard. And I think anybody can learn to do something. They just have to have the drive and they have to kind of learn. Right. So. Um, I think one of the things is a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm holding out for management. I'm waiting to be the owner of the company. You can't do that. Like it's a, it's a step that has to happen. You have to learn to sweep the floors and then you have to learn what one department does to understand what the other department does. And you have to understand everything as a whole to be able to have that knowledge to become the manager, to get worth the extra money. Right. So it's not like you just come in off the street and you're like, oh, okay, I should make 20 bucks an hour. Why am I paying you 20 bucks an hour? Right. What are you bringing to the table that no one else can do that makes you worth 20 bucks an hour? And I think a lot of people miss that. They're going, oh, I'm, I hope this job's going to pay me $30 an hour. Well, no, you should be going to them explaining why you are worth $30 an hour. Mm -hmm. And that's how you make $30 an hour. And I think a lot of people miss that. When I started working here, I was hired because. My brother worked here, and then I got hired by um, Sean. So I never went through your 
high-end process prior yep. to my job. So is that something, so like when you are talking to somebody or somebody's in front of you, like, and you ask them, what would you want to get paid? And they tell you X. Do you tell them, okay, why? Or do you just? That's why I like interviewing uh, almost all the, the people that we hire within the company. Mm -hmm. So you were the exception. There may be a half a dozen that got through that, that didn't get interviewed by Josh before they actually started working. Right. But uh, PhD, poor, hungry, driven. I like right? That. Yeah. That's one of the things that I always go by, and that's one of the things I like. You know, uh, what's your background? Where are you coming from? Uh, where's your plan moving forward? What drives you? And are you hungry? Do you want to get the next guy's job? I mean, that's really the people that you want. Pull like a hustler. PhD, right? So, let, well, let's step back. So when you start a company, really, it's just you. You may have a partner. You may have one or two other people that come along for the ride. But you basically only have a handful of people. <laughs> You got to make. You got to do all the departments. You got to so. do five or six jobs every single day, fast, accurate, not complaining, just doing what you got to do, right? God forbid things start lining up, and now you need to add more employees, right? If you hire the wrong employees, it will tank your company, right? So, um, I had a lot of employees that we hired at the beginning. And, you know, you can see some of the Meet the Family videos and people are like, oh, we had a lot of people come and go. I mean, we literally had some people who didn't even make it a couple of hours. But at that point, were you desperate, like just hiring anybody or were the or was your standards then as they are now? I uh, managed other companies where I was in a management role in charge of bringing on staff. And I knew the process. I knew what was required. But literally, when you decide to hire somebody at this level, when it's your own company, right. it's different. you've already waited three months past when you should have brought that person on for cash flow reasons. Right? Anything you can do it yourself. So you're like, okay, I'm going to just figure a way to do it. I'll work 20 hours a day. I'll just make it happen. And then finally, when you say, okay, I can't make it anymore. I have to hire somebody. <laughs> I need to sleep once in a while. You, you really start thinking, okay, let me write down the list of what this person needs to do. And you have 40 or 50 things lined up. You know, it needs to be on the phone, needs to be punctual, uh, you know, moral. I don't want to worry about stealing stuff. I mean, you go to this whole list. And then at the end of the day, the staffing agency sends you people that may line up with five or six of those. And then at the end, you're like, well, they're breathing. Right. I can train them. <laughs> right. They're humans. I can train them. We wasted so much time and energy by bringing people on that either didn't line up with the company culture didn't want to work, uh, horrible uh, attendance records. I mean, we wasted so much time. Wait, but again, hindsight, you was desperate? You just needed somebody or you just was too busy to go through the list? And I be like, thought I was too busy to deal with the hiring process. And as long as I had some decent candidates, which I figured the staffing agency would do a good job of screening, which was incorrect, right. that <laughs> I could work with those people and I could make it happen. So you had high hopes. Literally, uh, there's two other big companies in the area. Um, we're, we're in the carpet industry around here. So you have Shaw and, and some of the other firms. And then you have another company, Zep, Toyota. And uh, these, are, these are 100 million, you know, even up to billion dollar businesses. We're on our way. So the staff and agencies would send all their good people to those companies. And then they would basically send Dang. rejects to us. <laughs> I mean, that's literally that's how this played up. out. <laughs> so I remember one day I was so mad. I called the staff and agency manager and I said, 
What you are, you are sending me? me day labor. Like these people are not looking for a job other than getting one paycheck and then they're going to quit and never come back. This isn't going to work. And then at that point, we actually stop using staff and agencies altogether. And literally, we bring people in, we interview them in-house, we want to have a hands-on conversation, we do all of our screening. But the biggest key is, one... Wait, but how far into the business were you already that you was like, we're not using staff and agencies no more? This was about 12 months in. Okay. And, and we started hiring people within six months, and then that six-month disaster of going through the staff and agencies, we finally just pulled the plug. You was probably like... Yeah. When you look back, you find like, look how much money we didn't spend. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was it was at least twenty five to thirty employees within a six month period. So when you start Sheesh. running the numbers on that, I mean, you're just doors in, doors out. I mean, it was horrible. But you really have to figure out what is the perfect candidate that I need for this position. That's what I'm looking for. The answer to that. So the fragrance industry as a whole, you're not going to find people with experience because it's such just a, a side market, mm -hmm. right? So you're really looking at the person, right? I want to find out that this person uh, has had a couple jobs before, showed up on time, didn't have problems with managers, um, bright-eyed. Uh, one of the other guys I used to work with said, everybody in the world has two faces. That one look that they found a wallet and they're grinning from ear to ear, and the other face that they lost a wallet and they're miserable in life. Right. Dang. And you could literally interview people and you could go found a wallet, lost a wallet, found a wallet, lost a wallet. And you could walk right down the list and cancel out half the people already. Just all the right? energy alone. Yeah. Then we, we learned this other technique, which is called a foot dragger. And I love the foot dragger. Right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I think you're the one that told me about so the enterprise it is. Yeah. One of my production managers goes, when I interview somebody, I watch them walking across uh, the hallway. And he goes, when they're walking down the hallway, if I can hear their feet shuffling or dragging, he goes, it means they're too lazy to actually pick their feet all the way up off the ground, and therefore you know they're lazy. Dang. Right? So I tested this. <laughs> I was like, he's crazy. There's no way. No, so that's a fact. There was, there was so, a lab tech well, that I hired, fact, fact, and everything looked good except for she failed the foot drag. Right? So I was like, man, she's a foot dragger. There's no way. I hired her literally within two weeks. She was one of the laziest lab techs I ever had. Her productivity was 50% of everybody else, and, and she was out. Is that a proper terminology, foot dragger? Like, foot dragger. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, one, they have to fit in with the company atmosphere, right? So they have to have the right personality that they're kind of going to mix with your crew. And we're very diverse. Yeah, uh, we are. I mean, male, uh, female, height. Religion. I mean, we're we're a very diverse. Ugly, good looking, all the way. Right? <laughs> and and the reason why. Sorry, Adam. Is you need that, right? I mean, so so every group kind of builds upon themselves, and the managers have to feed into that as well. So I don't want an employee that comes in who's just going, okay, what do I have to do for eight hours? Uh, am I going to have to do the least amount of work for the best amount of pay? And I don't really care if I get promoted because hey. Uh, I can survive on 12 bucks an hour and I'm good. I want people that come in who are looking at going, I want to run this place. I want to be a manager. Um, I want to see a career path. And that's what we're looking for. And if they don't line up to that, it doesn't work. Is there anything besides the dragging of the feet that you're like, you see, you're like, yeah, we're not going to, I'm not going to go down this route. One of the bigger things I think that kicks out to me is your resume. 
if I see that you work somewhere for a long period of time, that to me was a, a dead end job. Okay. So let's say I worked fast food. A lot of people start out with fast food. Right. If you worked at fast food and you were there for six, seven years, and you basically started at seven bucks an hour, and you left there years later, and you were making eight fifty an hour, Sheesh. that shows a problem. Yeah. Right. That's definitely not poor, hungry, driven. That was I'm just sitting here and I'm a slug. Right. So the resume is very important. I'm doing um, enough not to get fired. <laughs> I, I like to do a lot with pre-screen, ask people a lot of questions, find out where they're coming from, where do they want to be, um, you know, what, what excites them, what, what makes them interested in the position. Um, and then if all of that lines up, great. Bring them in, hire them, manager blesses them, we're all good. If in that first 90 days, and I wouldn't even say 90 days, if it's in the first couple of weeks or a month, and this person doesn't look like they're going to work out, they're gone. Yeah. The reason why is because you don't want a bad apple or a rotten tomato putting in the bushel. Right. 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 Now, all of a sudden, everybody else is going, well, you hired this one employee, and he's getting away with not doing anything, mm. so I'm going to not do anything. Mm. So you don't want that. So you want to keep high productivity, high output, a happy group, um, and that's very important. So hire fast, fire faster. And that's really how it has to play out. Damn. And the other people have to understand that. Now, as it plays out, it's not like, oh, there was, there was hard feelings and I can't believe I got fired or this, that, and the other. The managers have expectations. Right. And they're going to say, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And as long as you do that, you're going to be great. And they're going to tell you, hey, this is what your next step is. And if you do this, you're going to get X. And after you've been here a year, you're going to do this. Right. So there, there is kind of like a training that happens within mm -hmm. the company. Um, but if they ever just say, mm, I'm good, uh, I want to be here at minimum wage, and I just don't want to go any further, usually they're not going to last long anyways. Right. Well, what I do like about this company is um, right off the jump, when you start working, you set, you set the expectation. You tell them, hey, this is what's going to happen in the first 90 days. After 90 days, X happens. After this, this happens. Yep, here's your next review date. Yeah, here's boom, where boom, this boom, works. And then, yep. is there any issue? They say no. You keep it moving. So when it does come time to either promote, demote, or get rid of, it's not like it was left field. And then I think this company's pretty good at um, side conversations like, hey, man, just pick it up a little bit. Or, hey, you're right. doing a good job. Well, that's that like whole that. family thing. I mean, if you actually care about your department and you care about the employees that are with you and you see a guy who's about to get fired and you find out that he's got kids or a wife in yeah, his you situation, don't want that to you're like, look, man, they want you to work out. They have a job and they need you to fill it. So all we need you to do is do X. Right. A little bit faster, a little bit harder, care a little bit more about your work, mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. You'll be here for 20 years. Right. But if you don't want to be here and your mind's always some other place, that's when they fade out. When you see somebody and you're hiring somebody, do you automatically envision five years from now this person is going to be boom? Like every time you're hiring, are you hoping they're with you or with the company? Bam. Uh, it's I'm funny. When I, when I first got into the fragrance industry, there was this old man. And I say old man. He was like, like. 65. His name was Lee Jackson. That's not old. That's, that's and, in your prime. At, at, at 65, <laughs> you should be retired. This man wasn't going to retire. He was just going to keep going as far as he could go. And he walks up to me and he goes, what contract did you sign? And of course, I came in off a handwritten application. I was just thankful that they gave me the job and I was a forklift driver. I, I had no clue what he was talking about. He goes, well, what contract did you sign? And I said, 
well, I didn't sign a contract. He goes, oh, man, oh, you're man. in trouble. <laughs> he goes, it's either you do the one-year contract or the lifer. He goes, most people around here get the life contract. If you got no contract, that ain't good, mm. right? And then I think about that now as we bring employees in, and I kind of look at somebody and I go, okay, one-year, five-year, 10-year, lifer. And I would say 90% of the people that we have right now, I would say are lifers, uh, there's a couple that maybe are five years. That sounds so bad, by the way. Lifers, like you're getting life. <laughs> you you life. just see them, you know, unless <laughs> now we have a couple lifers right now that look like they might be leaving because they, they met a boyfriend that's out of state uh, or they have some family situation. Uh, or whatever. That, that, that's not in my calculation. Right, 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 but right. to me, a lifer is they're happy working in the company. They want to be here long term. It all works out. That's what I consider a lifer. But, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, your employees will make your company or break your company. Right. Because the reason you're hiring employees is you can't handle it. So it's capacity versus capability. You're capable of doing everything, but your capacity only lets you do so much. So you have to hire these employees to replicate yourself throughout the company. But if they don't have the same mindset, the same work ethic, um, the, the, the caring for the customer in the end product, your company will fail. So you have to make sure that your employees have that buy-in, and that's very important. And you see a lot of owners, they just kind of go, oh, well, you know, they're handling this job, or they're ha they put in orders, they're okay, oh, yeah. they make samples. But if they don't understand the big picture, you're still going to have problems. I know you've been getting busier and busier and busier, and you're, getting, you're allowing some managers to do the hiring process. Yep. So when you do talk to these managers, you're like, hey, I want you to see, bam, in this person. What is it that... I'm going to ask the manager, what is the perfect employee that you want to hire? How much do you think it's going to cost us to bring in that employee? And are they worth it? So once we go over that and we say, okay, we're going to bring this person in and we're going to pay them, you know, 15, 18 bucks an hour, whatever the situation is. Then they bring that employee in. Now we're going to expect them to do a certain job. Right. And then if they don't do that, that's where it comes back to the managers. And that's one of the things, you know, it's one thing being an employee, it's a second thing becoming a manager. Because a manager, now all of a sudden everything's on you. So when the department goes down, that's your own problem. Oh, right? man. But so that's I... for a whole other side conversation. <laughs> we'll get that. Yeah. Um, to me, yeah. with, with, with the employees coming in, you just have to make sure. I mean, you always say it's, it's like McDonald's against Chick-fil-A, right? You look at a McDonald's employee, they're doing bare minimum. And, and I was a McDonald's employee, right? So I, I can trash the brand because I was, I was doing the same thing. But you go in there, they're making a burger, their drive through times may go five, eight minutes, and then you go next door and you go to Chick-fil-A. They got a smile on their face. You need extra condiments. You want some extra mm. napkins. Uh, have, a, have a great day. They don't you get know. mad when you ask for the sauce. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's almost a night and day experience, right? So, But it's also how the it. employer treats the employees is what I've heard. Because I've... I got a friend that's worked at McDonald's in high school, and then she became a manager in Chick-fil-A, and she's like, just the way they talk to us, the way they treat us Correct. is different. So it makes us want to be different to the customer because we're being treated different by the employer. Correct. So I think yeah. that's something So and it's in the does. organization. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you have to build that in the organization. Right. So if it's not from the, the, the base up, that's where you have problems. And mm -hmm. you can't just say it. Like, literally, I had to have conversations with employees and find out what's going good and what's going bad and what equipment's failing and what's needed and talk with the managers. If you don't do that, you can say you care, but you don't really care. You're asking a question. It's like, oh, you know, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Okay, and you walk off. 
you really want to get more information than that, and that's required. Right. You know, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I've 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 taken a couple um life lessons from um, Josh that I can, that I can um say that you've helped me come out of a couple pickles. I'm not gonna lie to you, and even that, like you don't even owe that to me. Yeah. Or you don't owe that to anybody here. The fact that, at least from what I see, I can't speak for everybody, even though I'm cool with everybody. But I'm going. I'm only speaking, talking about myself. Speaking for myself, you and Sean do care. Well, the life lessons. I mean, if if I can help someone from falling in the landmine that I did because I wasn't given the information, it just makes sense for me to give that to people. Now, do I tell people don't do this and don't do that, and they do it anyways? Absolutely. <laughs> But there's nothing I can do about that right. because I said, hey, this is what you should do. And then they were like, you're an idiot. And then they went and did it their own way. And then they come back and go, yeah, I kind of see what you were saying now. Hey, I'm an idiot. <laughs> hey, that's life. So, yeah. I mean, so basically, in an employee, when you see them, Ph.D., that's the most important thing. Employee, Ph.D., and you have to think of them as an actual family member. So when they're coming in, you know, would you have this person's back and consider them part of the family? If not, you're bringing in a bad apple that's going to have a problem with your organization. So that's the two things you have to look at. Can they do the job, and are they going to help the company? And if they're not, you have to pass. Because I know it's a, even my dad, for an example, when he would hire, I mean, when we had a small business, we would hire, he just had the hardest time hiring people because he's like, I don't see myself in none of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're not going to see yourself in everybody you come across. So because... You speaking like you, the PhD, but nobody here is like nobody else. Everybody's different from one another. The problem is you have to realize where that person is at that age. So what was I doing when I was 20? What was I doing at 25? What was I doing at 30? So I can't expect everybody to be at the same mindset that I am, you know, now crossing into 40 when they're 20. It's not going to be the same. Right. But are they asking the same questions? Are they trying to learn different things? Are they trying to figure things out by themselves? Those are the people that you're going to spend time and energy with because you know, okay, if they're 20 and they're getting it, at 30, they should be excellent. At 40, they should be doing my job. And that's the people you're looking for. So you're telling me in 10 years I'm going to have your job, man? Done. (laughs) Done. I will I will be sitting somewhere. No, I can't say that. I'm going to work all the way to the end. Yeah, I, I love know. I, I, yeah. I was just about to say that. You sitting now? Yeah. All now, right. yeah. now, could I have someone doing my job and then I'm helping them and we're doing something else and we're trying to expand? Into, absolutely. So I wouldn't say, oh, no, a job security. I want to keep my spot. No, I want to have three or four people doing my job to make sure it covers everything. That's what's up, man. Yeah, because I think, I think the most important thing when you do go into an establishment is the employees because they're, they're a representation of your company. Correct. So that's why I, I thought it was funny at first, but now I understand, like, when someone leaves, we ask for the shirts back. And I was like, why? Like, well, we're not going to use them again. But one time, it's that, it happened. We're not going to say nothing. But an employee, an ex-employee was wearing one of our shirts and went out and was acting reckless. And we was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we got to yeah. get these shirts back. So, so <laughs> you don't want your... <laughs> your brand and your company name to end up at a thrift store and then some frat kids out there, you know, doing YouTube videos. Oh, that's what happened. That's exactly what you do not want to play out. So whenever an employee leaves, we get the shirts back. Um, Not to to reuse, just so we we make sure Just so the company name. Now, (laughs) now when we get into merch and everything else and people are out with our shirts, well, that'll be a different story. Merch coming soon, by the way. But uh, 
we don't want it to be on the employee side, you know, be like, wow, look at this guy. He works for AFI. Oh, no. Nah, nah. They do not no, no, work no. for AFI. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, look, I love my coworkers. I can say that. I like everybody here. I think you guys do a good job at hiring people. We don't hire people every other week. That's what it's kind of sounding like right now. But I've been here for at least like 10 hires, and I think everybody we've hired, everybody's still here. Still here except one that had to go back to school. But yeah. I think everybody's still here. We're, we're currently 36 employees. Yep. So right now we should be able to hold. Um, our next growth will probably come in in the next six months so that we might add a couple more bodies, round it off at like 40, and then we can grow a little bit past that. But like I said, you never know. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden someone's changed the status, you know, right. meets somebody, moves to another state. There's all kind of stuff that comes up. But our current situation is we got a really good team, and we want to keep it that way. So it's safe to say if they go to www.afi-usa.com and fill out an application, you, Josh the Thompson, will see it and go through it? Those come directly to my email box, and, yes, I definitely get those. Um, some people from the industry who are looking to change and find uh, a different home, uh, we're always looking. Um, just because we're not hiring doesn't mean we won't bring somebody in. So if we know we're going to need a lab tech in a couple of months and someone comes in that's interesting and they're interested and they, they pass all of our tests, uh, we might bring someone in just knowing the growth is going to happen. So we always right. tell people, if you are looking, um, always send an application. We'll keep it on file. That's cool. Well, I think, that's, um, I think that about wraps it on what AFI is looking for if you guys ever want to come work. For Josh Thompson and, and remember, Sean. you have to do a, a meet the family oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, video once you're hired. Yeah, you got to be uh, cool with the cameras. The cameras are going to be on you all the time. <laughs> so remember that. It's one of the signs. <laughs> hey, you have to sign off on a release. You do. The day you're hired. <laughs> hey, how bad was it when we first said we were going to bring the cameras? I mean, it wasn't that bad, but everybody was like, are we turning into a reality show? Or yeah. You were like, nah, you, hey, we're going to open doors. Like, we're Man, gonna, I'm a compounder. I don't care about these cameras. Just keep them off of me. Right. <laughs> we're like, no, we're going to start having more and more cameras. Man, I can't stand the cameras. Right. Now, we're a year into it? Yeah, they don't they mind. Don't the cameras. Nah, yeah. Now I come back and I see them fixing their hair and their eyebrows because they know they're about to be on camera. But I see you, bitch. That's the Big one or boy. two single ones. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, man. Well, that was it. Again, if you guys want to fill out an application, www.afi-usa.com. Just don't try to um, take my job, please. I started this conversation saying I love my job. Please, nobody come and try to... Not even that. I'm not. We a always seem to have openings in media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, man. We out. Has anybody seen Josh? <laughs>